What's up all you beautiful people? It's your boy Hobart. It is Saturday, March 6th, and uh, man, it's been nice in the Bay this week. I feel like spring has sprung, and I'm ready for that warm weather. We didn't really get much rain, so maybe we'll get a little more rain, but uh, but yeah, life is good. Looking, looking forward to things getting warmer and more open. Um, I'm just going to jump right into this one today and introduce my guest. Um, I guess I can give a little anecdote, though. Um, a couple months ago, I was uh, coming home from my friend's house and uh, walking down my street. And at the end of my block, um, I look up and there's just, uh, you know, a big music video being shot you know, a rap video. There's a Bentley in the street. There's a dude, you know, rapping and dancing and a huge crew, multiple cameras and uh, security. And it was just clearly a big production. And having worked as a videographer, you know, on and off set, I, I realized right away that this was like a major production that was going on. And it was happening like a half a block from my house. And, you know, being a videographer, I was immediately really interested by it. So I went and just started watching these professionals doing their thing. And uh, one of the guys that was hanging out, I ended up talking to, and he was super cool. Started talking about videography and drones, and he's kind of explaining to me what's going on. And then he uh, mentions that, like, you know, the cameras, the car even the house, um, were all things that he owned and that he actually was, was, uh, had rented them to the production company that was making the video. And, uh, and like that, you know, our friendship was born. Um, I kind of feel like one of the sub, sub topics that are sub themes that, uh, has become dominant on this podcast is, you know, this kind of idea of like, you never really know who's in your neighborhood or, you know, these explorations of the different characters in my community. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things that is really satisfying to me in doing this show is when I get to explore in this space in a conversation, uh, these different people that I encounter that, you know, I've lived on in my house for four years and, uh, it's not really until this last year that I've connected with this dude, but he's my neighbor. He lives super close. I see him all the time now and getting to sit down and talk to him and, and kind of hear about his life and his experiences. It was just fascinating. And it really kind of rooted me in my community a little bit more and, and just kind of just gave me a better understanding of, of, this area that I live in and the people that live around me. Um, so yeah, my guest today is a man named Quaz Jamal. I've known him as Q, uh, you know, AKA Mr. Eight Eleven, And he is, he's like more than a jack of all trades. I'd say he's like a king of all trades. Uh, this guy does everything. Um, you know, I, I I think in this conversation we get into his real estate and the entrepreneurship that that he employs. He's got so many different things going on. It's crazy. It's, I have a hard time sometimes 
keeping up with all the information and I did my best in this conversation, but he has a lot and, uh, I'm just super inspired and impressed by how much this guy gets done and how hard he works. Um, just his lifestyle, this a total doer, a total go-getter, a total hustler, just, uh, as you, as you'll learn in the conversation, it's something that, that I think has been one of the primary features of his personality and his life is just this someone who really took their, uh, destiny into their hands and just has a crazy work ethic. Um, so yeah, we talk about, you know, him getting started as a kid. That's one of my favorite parts of this story is, is just hearing him, uh, you know, kind of get his, his entrepreneurship set up even at the age of eight, you know, selling cookies on the schoolyard and, uh, just kind of this mindset of believing in, in one's, the, you know, the, the fruits of one's own labor and really and putting in effort. Um, it's really admirable. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and then learning about the history of my neighborhood that I live in in Oakland in the eighties and, you know, just this idea of, uh, of dreaming big, but, but also doing big, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I've always been kind of a dreamer and, and the areas that I'm always, you know, working on and needing to work on more are, are those, that crucial moment when the, when the, uh, rubber hits the road and, and you go from the dreaming to the doing the execution of your plans and of your ideas. It's, it's very easy for me to just live in the philosophical state, but, but the practical application is, is really where you get it done. So, um, yeah, I hope y'all enjoy it. Like I said, I did my best to, uh, to keep up with, with all the information and, uh, and to just, you know, as a host, um, kind of nurture and direct the flow of our conversation to, uh, to allow for a really compelling story to be tell. And I think we did that. Um, this guy's, like I said, he's one of the more interesting people I've met and I'm really grateful that he came on my show and hopefully we'll get to do, do more together in the future. So, without further ado, let me introduce to you my man, Quaz Jamal, a.k.a. Q, a.k.a. Mr. 811, on this episode 26 of the Bartcast. Great to hear from you. What a surprise. Avocados, egg whites, you got a pretty decent breakfast. Do you do, uh, do you eat meat? Nah, I'm a uh, vegan actually, you know, um, stop eating the meat. A lot of these products was, uh, not grass fed. Mm -hmm. I got sick years ago on my birthday and that was it for me. It was, Mm -hmm. I was just done. I just, you know, concocted a good natural diet. You know, every day is kind of like the same thing, spicing it up, you know, 
making it do what it do. Yeah. Just putting it together. So was that the reason that you went vegan? Was that part of a health? A health yeah, thing? It, was a, it was a health issue for me. Okay. Sorry, I'm going to... You can keep talking. I'm just going to adjust this mic stand. It's kind of a cheap one, but that should be fine. Um, so have you found, like, uh, how long have you been vegan for? Since... Uh... 2017. Okay. And what you got, have you, I'm guessing that you've experienced some health benefits. That's why you keep, keep Just, doing it. Or? Man, I go to bed every night, anytime I want. I'm up every, every morning, mm-hmm. um, five in the morning, like clockwise, you know, ready to grind. It's, it's, it's like, you know, you know, sleeping better, mm-hmm. bowel movements better, everything yeah. better, man. Body <laughs> you know, runs, body, body running, better. you know, especially me, I'm always working. Yeah, no, I know. Every time I see you, you're doing like a million things. What, uh, is it, do you miss like eating meat? Are there certain dishes you miss or things? Discipline, discipline. You got to have discipline, whatever you do. You know, I smell barbecue. It smells good, but (laughs) I'm just disciplined. You know, I can tell myself I want to, you know, I can try something and tell myself, look, no, I can see a person Mm -hmm. be like, you're beautiful, but you're not good for me. So (laughs) my discipline is just, it's over the top. Okay. And that, that in itself, I feel like there's something really empowering about when you're able to stick to that discipline or to your regiment. There's a lot of days where I like, I just don't want to work out. Those are the days you got to work out harder. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Because that voice (laughs) is like a muscle and you can build that voice or you can build the voice that is able to like push through that. And, you know, in some days I do give myself permission to, to relax if I need to. And it allows me to kind of come back stronger on the yeah, days that yeah, I really do yeah, need to push. Yeah. yeah. It's like anything. It's like you're the first one to show up. Mm-hmm. I'm the last one to leave. You know what I mean? You know, if yeah. I see somebody coming in when I'm about to leave, I'm like, nah, I got to work harder. Mm-hmm. Now I got to see what they about. Because it's like without that discipline or that structure, you know, you really don't get nothing done. Right. You know, this city was built on structure. Mm. So, you know, I'm from this city. So it was built on a lot of structure, discipline. You You're know. from this block, right? You grew I, up in. I grew up in. Family stayed on this block. Okay. I grew up in East Oakland. Um, I came from Eleventh Ave, which is uh was a, was a small area called Funk Town, which was a lot of blacks migrated there. Funk Town. Funk Town. That's okay. like from First to Eleventh to Thirteenth Avenue off Foothill. That's the funk town. It's like the original pioneers. You know, mm. people used to hear about the AC mob or they hear about, you know, you know, uh, the rolling twenties or the 35th or mm-hmm. high street bank boys, 85th, Sobrani park. So those was the original structure. Are these all clicks or clicks okay. back in the days? Yeah. But this is, this, this was the mob. This was like considered bush ride mob. You know, gotcha. this was real. What year, what years was this? Early eighties, Gotcha. early eighties. You think about it from uh, 83, the city did a domino effect, you know, and when they did a domino effect, you had a lot of everything was black owned. Mm -hmm. The liquor stores was black owned. uh, The homes where some of these people paid twelve thousand dollars for these houses. Right. Um, My mom and dad paid twelve thousand for their house. They saved five hundred bucks a month for 36 years. She said she didn't want to get married living in an apartment. She wanted to have a home. And pops, moms both worked, you know, I, I was rebellious, <laughs> you know, I was the rebellious one. You know, yeah. we go to church. We was at choir rehearsal, Sunday school. You know, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at, I'm at mother's meetings. I'm at mm-hmm. the treasury meeting and somehow the church in the middle of the ghetto, 
So now I'm looking and jumping the gate in my slacks. I got big cousins. Mm-hmm. They all over the city. Right. I'm like, wow. He's 15. He got a 1968 Mustang on triple gold ones. <laughs> what'd he do? Right. What did right, he do to get right. this? Yeah, you know, he, he got a beeper in 1985, you know. Beeper didn't even have a a number. It just said beep, 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 beep. You have to know who you gave the number to, mm-hmm. you know. Beep two times, that was Cleo. Beep three times, oh, that's really? your girl. Okay. So you know, it was it was it was back then, you know. This was this this was a a beautiful city. It was, was the funk town, did that come from the funk music? It came from the funk. Yeah. <laughs> it came from the funk music. It came from the discipline. It came from the, you know, everybody had each other's back. Everybody was down for each other. You know, it was a real beautiful thing because it was like you was either, you was funk or die, man. It was like, yeah. you, you was embedded into it. So I mean, that's my favorite kind of music. So I'm, I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. I know, mm-hmm. you know, the obvious band is Sly that they, that came out of this part of the yeah exactly the bay. and and I know that uh you know that this a lot of people you know they think of Motown or mm-hmm, they think mm-hmm, of, mm-hmm. you know the, the mm-hmm. Georgia Sound, the Georgia Sound Muscle yeah. Shoals all these famous yeah, yeah, studios yeah. but like the Bay Oakland had a huge contribution yeah, yeah. To, to the history it was it was it was Black Panthers you had the, mm-hmm. the, the real pimp sector it came from the real you know the crack epidemic you know a lot of things came and it had a lot of black businesses that had people really really owning their they 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 own their stuff mm-hmm. um people migrated from mississippi to from alabama to from from new orleans from you know they went to chicago detroit ohio california san francisco richmond and okay. and that's how you know a lot of people you know you got cousins and family you got people from out here so you know it was a it was a good time there man you know Nothing to complain about, man. Yeah. What do you, you know, if if there's one, I know this is kind of a silly question, but like, if there's one almost like symbolic change that you think kind of represents how different things are now, because I know this looks, everything looks different today. Mm-hmm. You know, is there something that, that, some sort of symbol or something that sticks out in your mind that's kind of representative of like how much things have changed? Well, everything has changed in the city because first of all a lot of people from the city came from other places Mm -hmm. but when you think of Oakland when people move from other places they consider themselves Oaklanders Um, the Raiders are gone right? (laughs) the Warriors are gone the A's are getting ready to go so Mm -hmm. the guidance change yeah nobody's teaching our youngsters you know nobody's helping you know Um, they make it so hard for you to stay here you know, what changes the, the, the inflation, the gentrification, um, you know, not that it's a bad thing, but we got to teach the people who's not fortunate to be able to be a part of that market, too. You know, you got a lot of companies came. Silicon Valley came. Mm-hmm. It changed the way the city was. Um, they're thinking about calling this area. New Rock Ridge, and they're thinking about calling West Oakland. Old San Francisco <laughs> and having San Francisco. And this is in the plans. Yeah. I met a lot of meetings. Okay. You know, um, people always say, man, like, how do you know these things? Yeah. Research, study, data. Right. I'm on it. You know, you know, participation, I, yeah, participation. Yeah. Exactly. You know, and when they see me, you know, I don't, I don't seem like a threat to people, but. And I just keep it real, man. A lot of cats can't mess with me when it comes to real estate, when it comes to development, when it comes to hard money, when it comes to financing, when it comes to loans. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm a sleeper, but I can raise the finances that people want. And that's why I say I only do what I want to do. You know, they say, yeah. you know, I only do what I want to do, you know, you know, and, and that's just where it's set with me, you know, and I do every day. I think about rebuilding our communities, you know, finding some of these grants, yeah. you know, you know, bringing some programs. What about the skate parks? I'm talking about real mm-hmm. roller skating rings. What about the dirt bike tracks so these kids don't have to come out here and be riding on the streets? We can have some. Right. You know, remote control cars. You know, Dude, a, a roller rink is so needed. Yes, I, I've been going yes. down to the lake. Uh-huh. I was there on New Year's Eve. Me and my friends went out and mm-hmm. uh, and they've been setting it up right by the lake in that parking lot. They have like a roller, you know, impromptu yes, roller rink yes, and they have yes. the DJ in the middle mm-hmm. playing like just dope just throwbacks dope. and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, man, like I think like a cool roller rink. Would do so well. Yeah, it would. You know, it would. There's such a, a neat, you know, a and, thirst and, for that and, and if you go to the city mm-hmm. and you look at the different proposals that's on the table, they have things there in place. You know, it's things, but there's nobody fighting for it. Mm. You know, they're worried about speed bumps and putting asphalt in these raggedy ass streets. And when you think about it, they come crack up again in potholes and you're breaking your car and it's a thousand people on the list to get their tire or rim fixed. <laughs> Oakland used to be good. Yeah. Used to get your rim used to crack. Take a picture of it. They send the check. Right. They took care of their peoples, man. Mm. Right now, you go down there and tell them, "Yeah, look, we need a roller ring." They they got land for you. They got programs. They got housing, abandoned properties. They have it for you. You just gotta people gotta we gotta we gotta mount together and 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 get it together. Yeah, and I think what you you touched on this a minute ago, like it more than just having you know, a business come set up yeah. here and, and extract value out of a community. Mm-hmm. We really need a pipeline for people to change their, their uh, not just their status, but to change their lot. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. don't all start from the same place. We don't all have the same advantages, but mm-hmm. I think this is a microcosm of the larger national problem, which is that we need to have more upward mobility for more exactly. people. And exactly. it doesn't, Shouldn't have to, you know, yes, we all start at different places and some of us might have to work harder to get to exactly. that spot. Exactly. But, but that's actually, like you said, it's an opportunity to build that discipline. And a lot of times some of the most motivated and successful people did have to break through some things that other people didn't have to break through. Exactly. But if you think about it, a lot of nationalities come to Oakland mm-hmm. and they get more out of Oakland, but they get more out of it because they put the work in. Right. And then you have people in Oakland. That feel and forgive me, people gonna hate me for saying this, and people not gonna like me. They feel somebody owe them something. Hmm. You don't nobody owe you nothing. Wherever you are, are, the results of the decisions you make. I meet musicians, and they sing for the love of music. They don't want to be rich. They just sing because they love it. Mm-hmm. And if somebody so happens to pick them up, whatever they're gonna do, what they do every single day, they're gonna put their heart in it. If it's front of one person, two person, a thousand people, they're yeah. gonna put that work in. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that you say have the soul. They have the funk. They have the swagger. Because right now, people think they owe something. I see a lot of talented rappers. Um, they come and go. They yeah. they time expires. So I meet people. And when if I meet someone, I don't look at... I, and it's just something about me. I don't look at color. I don't look at age. I don't look at financial status. I got more out of some homeless people than I got out of people who were family and yeah. who were friends and, you right. know, people, you know, don't have much, but they, they would give me whatever they have. And 
you know, again, I'm going to share something with you. Mm-hmm. Oakland is family. Regardless of, like I say, what people look like. Now, I have family and I have relatives. But my family is an extended version of people who's not blood, but they're family to me because they help in the process of making sure I succeed. Well, family is going to support you. Where a relative is just related, but a relative might need something from you. You can't help who's your relative and you, you know, you can't help who becomes your family. So you got family that really in support of you who really want to see you do good yeah. and they want to see you thrive. Anybody who wants to see you thrive and have a genuine heart or a genuine respect for you is family. Yeah. So Oakland, you got some good people. I met good police, bad police. I met good people in the city of Oakland, bad people. Mm-hmm. You know, I met good people on the streets and bad people on the streets. The thing is finding your audience, targeting your people that's into what you into and making it work. You got to you got to put that work in. And 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 like you say, you see people at the lake. You see these restaurants. Uh I'm so vegan, uh vegan mob, flip soul. Um you see uh the different pop-ups, the lumpia place, you see the uh, hot dog coal, you see uh, uh, the, the, the first choice logistics, the the uh, the urban trips. Um, these people out here are really very supportive. Chef Smelly, excuse me. All these different <laughs> businesses, they're out here and I've known a lot of these guys from a kid. You know, I got a, 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 a nice young lady Two stubborn clothing. Boom. You know, they give, they donate, you mm-hmm. know, um, 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 another friend of mine late laid fit, you know, you know, teaching the fitness world, teaching right. the people about, you know, culture, you know, um, I got another guy, uh, uh, um, Laura rap. And I, and I know no vultures is like a podcast that he brings everybody from the community together. And he get like the Snoop Dogs, the little girls, and his setup is just like regular. And he can bring some of the biggest household names into his building mm. because of what he's pushing, right? The message he's pushing. Yeah. So you know, you got a lot of people. You know, I don't. We we don't, we don't hate on nobody. You know, hey, look, he might not be doing what I'm doing, or mm-hmm. you know, you got you know people say, hey, you like this guy, that guy, that guy. And I love everyone who's doing something positive. Never gonna have a bad thing to say about totally. him. And I think that really, you know, one of the things you touched on, you know, kind of inspired this thought in me, like. Uh, during my 20s for so long I had all this creative energy inside of me Mm -hmm. and I and it was a series of experiments of trying to figure out like how do I get this out Mm -hmm. and I had so much anxiety Mm -hmm. and so much depression because I was like man I know I got something to share with the world and I know that I have all these people my family you know the capital F larger family Mm -hmm. not just my relatives who are so ready to help me all they want to do is give me opportunities and they want to support me, but I got to be able to speak what it is that I do. Exactly. And for a lot of us, you know, that's the hardest thing is figuring that out to be able to be like, hey, community, community. I'm going to claim this, this title of what I do. And now I can ask for help because I know what I need or I know what I want. And that was such a huge turning point in my life. It didn't come till I was 30, 31. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I think that as a community, as a, as even a larger community, a society, like the more that we can empower people to, to the more that we can honor that, that search mm-hmm. and empower people to like really ask that honest question of like, what is it that I'm going to be fired up about that's going to inspire me to be, to make the short-term sacrifices for the long-term gains so that I can come to work every day and be excited about my future. Like that's what we need to put the energy towards and provide those people like, Hey, we all have a family. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Whatever level it is, if it's just your, maybe it is just your relatives or maybe it is just your, your local, your block or your local community. Maybe it's your city. You know, that's one of the things I love about living out in Oakland is that we do show so much love for people that know that, that can raise their flag and be like, look, I'm this. I'm this. I do this thing mm-hmm. and I'm going to be disciplined and I'm going to be like living living it right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the city as a whole embraces that. It doesn't matter where yeah. you're from, what doesn't your background matter. is. You when know? you seen the, the Warriors play in Oakland Coliseum, mm-hmm. the town came together. Right. Didn't nobody say... Oh, you know, it's the it's the, oh they they call it the Golden State Warriors. No, they're from Frisco. No, man, it was the town. We 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 everybody was one. The Dubs. Do you remember when they came to Oakland? I was a kid. I have a picture with Tim Hardaway and Chris Mullen <laughs> at the uh, Sacramento State Capitol. I was in the third grade i just so happened to have a yellow sweater on okay and i was kind of I was like about five two you know yeah yeah you know i was a tall kid skinny real skinny and bony and he was like you're gonna play basketball this is chris mellon he put <laughs> yeah. his whole hand on my head <laughs> i was like man he's like hey i think he whispered he got a peanut head all yeah, right yeah, something yeah. like that and um i was like who is he <laughs> i ain't know nothing about him what right. do you do? Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? I knew Jose Canseco, uh-huh. Mark McGuire. You were a baseball guy. Ozzy, I collected baseball cards. Okay. Um, Ozzy Canseco, Ricky Henderson, Dave Stewart. You know, I knew who they was. Right. And then the King, King, you know, I, you know, I, it was like, I'm, 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 I'm talking to him and I'm like showing him garbage pail kids. And <laughs> he's like, what you doing with them? And yeah. I was like, <coughs> excuse me. I was like, I collect them. Mm-hmm. He, he was like, man, well, you know, we're a basketball star. I said, you ain't got no card, huh? You got a card? <laughs> uh, my Michael Jordan got a card, yeah, right? Yeah, and he was yeah. like, what's up with this kid? So for me, young, my mind just was in the, you know, I started my first business in the fourth grade. Hmm. What was it? I used to sell candy in front of the bank. Okay. And that's how, you know, my, you know, quas, 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 you know, everybody called me quas, you know, Mr. 811. <laughs> but uh, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay? yeah, sure. Um. I get a box of Little Debbie's cookies for about 50 cent back then. And it was about eight cookies come in a pack. I get a dollar for each cookie. And I go to the penny candy store. My dad used to give me 50 cent a day for lunch money. At the end of the week, I have to save 10 cent a day so I can buy my lunch on Fridays. So I go get 50 pieces of penny candy. And because I had the 50 pieces, I could trade for somebody's taco or pizza. The other days I really didn't want nothing. And I'm eating so much candy and so wired up. Mm-hmm. I didn't really want no lunch. And people give me anything. Cause I'm giving the girls two pieces of candy, three pieces of candy. You know, I'm throwing candy in the crowd, <laughs> packs and down later. People yeah, catching yeah. them. So my name, you know, me and my brothers, our names start buzzing. So we go moms be working house cleaning, studying to get her master's degree, cleaning houses for a living. And, um, that 50 cent, 
start turning to 60, 70, 80. And then the next day, you know, I'm like, I'll give you two pieces of candy, but you got to bring me a nickel. Mm. I'll give you two now letters. The pack costs five cents. Right. But you got to bring me a nickel tomorrow. Or on Wednesday, I need your lunch money. Mm-hmm. I need your pizza. So when people want something then, they'll give it up. So on that Wednesday, instead of taking the whole pizza, I had did that so many different people. I said, just give me a quarter of the pizza. Mm-hmm. And then it was just so juiced, like, wow, you know, I can keep my 50 cent that day. Get a piece of his pizza, a piece of his pizza, a piece of his pizza for two cents a piece because now they trust me. Right. I, I reeled them in. You already had a brand going. I had my brand. Every day I did not come to school and then the hot fries cost a dollar. Um, And it was a big bag, way bigger than the bag. I'm talking about just like a jumbo bag. Mm-hmm. So I used to get um, Ziploc bags from my mom and I put 10 hot fries in there and I want 10 cents. And it was a big bag, so I bring back two dollars and twenty five cent off of it. Go buy my kid my candy, and then like put it in a jar. My mom used to be like, "You got fourteen dollars? Where you get this money from?" Yeah, I said, "I made it." You know, yeah. boom. You know, she said, "Don't be pumping gas." I said, "I'm not pumping gas," but we was pumping gas, dancing for the Oakland Boys and Girls Club, the mm-hmm. Oakland Breakdancing Association. Oh, you, were you a b boy? Ah, uh, you know, so Pop we was life. learning. Yeah, we didn't even have to be good, mm-hmm. but we knew how to. You know, we was watching B Street breaking. Yeah, so it was. You know, it was. It was. Did it you was, busk on the street? You ever do on the street? Every, at the gas station, seventy okay. third East My Mall. Gotcha. Uzis, the Bong Shows. Throw uh, a hat down and just Soul Beat. Trying to get on Soul Beat. We used to sit in front of Soul Beat. What was um, Soul Beat? Soul Beat was the Bay Area cable channel that played all the videos for San Francisco, Oakland, Richmond, Bay Area, and it was one of the first. Okay. So Soul Beat was so the public heart. access, or yeah, just you know, you know, probably like a hundred dollar commercial. Mm-hmm. And you know all the local you know businesses, seafood, soul foods, restaurant. Yeah, Uzi's is where you get your your, your CD autographed at. Mm-hmm. So um, about one day, me and my brothers we ran through eight boxes of we we, we they'd go back to the thrifties and keep buying the boxes, and we'd go to the rich banks, and then they we keep getting on the BART. We'd go like San Leandro, and then we they we go all the way to the thrifties always and get the boxes. And we, every time somebody went to the bank, we would say, would you like to support the Oakland Oakland Breakdance Association? And we get a dollar for a cookie. Some people say, no, just give, give us a dollar or give us a 10. Mm-hmm. So I had 80 bucks. My brother had 80, $89. And my other brother had like 120 Were you guys all doing this as equals? Or did you were you managing them? Well, or? first, I'm the, I'm the baby. Okay. So first, I had my little 80. And we was working out the same bundle. But then when we started being like, you know, you got $8.00. You can almost, you know, I think the box was 75 cents. Mm-hmm. So for 750, you can get you 10 boxes. Right. It's eight cookies in each box. So you can bring back $8, boom, for every box. So mm-hmm. 10 boxes, you know what I mean? You can pretty much, you're going you're gonna to eat a cookie. So you might bring back $75 or 10 boxes. Wow. So um, we start getting like 20, 30 boxes. We start talking about, can we go to uh, Costco? Yeah. <laughs> and let's let's find you know boom so now our mom and them they like oh they doing so good we tell them we working for the man and we got one of our partner's uncles picking us up in the van and we giving him twenty dollars just to drive us to some of these richer neighborhoods twenty dollars a piece so he getting eighty dollars a day because he got a van and it's about six of us so he letting us out in different neighborhoods and stuff so we giving him he probably make about one twenty every day just driving us around these areas and stuff. So it looks better because right. he's driving us around these areas. And we coming home one twenty, my mama not tripping, hunt, or twenty dollars, you know, boom. Mm-hmm. And now I'm putting up so in the, that summer I made three thousand. Wow. Things change. Now yeah. now my mental is right. is now I got people like How hey, old man, how old were you? I'm like twelve now. Wow. So I bought me a Delta eighty eight. 
What's that? Uh, a 1977 Delta 88 four-door uh, car. Oh, a car. Okay. You know, so I put it on. I, I'm sitting on pillows. I don't really know how to drive. Uh-huh. I got some friends. They're a little older than me. So I'm just like, man, you know, uh, drive me around, you know. But the candy is like, it's getting saturated because I'm getting taller. I'm getting wiser. I'm 12 now. Now I got a little 13, 14-year-old girlfriend because mm-hmm. I got a car. Now, <laughs> now, now, I got people coming to me like, man, hey, man. You know, if you let me borrow 100, I can bring you back 140. So, at first, I really didn't ask what they doing and stuff yeah. like that. Um, so, now I start loaning people money and stuff. I got big cousins. I'm like, listen, if you don't give me my 120 back, I'm going to have my brother. And I'm I'm going I'm to I'm give him. I said, no, you got to give me 160. If I loan you 100, you got to give me 160. Mm-hmm. And I want my money back in two days. I never really asked what they was doing. Mm-hmm. But I said, if you don't come back in two days... That I'm gonna get my my money out of you, and I'm gonna have my brother beat your ass. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. So my mom and them was like, the streets is getting so bad. Uh, what year was this? This 87, 86, 87. Okay. The the uh, the crack the crack epidemic took over. Gotcha. So when the crack epidemic took over, it it it, it flooded the streets with money. So now we got, we're washing cars, we find and change quarters, nickel bags of weed in the car, all kind mm-hmm. of stuff, boom. And my mom was like, look, this, this area is getting a little too dangerous from us. I'm getting taller. She like, we're moving. And um, I'm like, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> we're staying here. Where are you going to stay at? My birthday, you're going to come up 13. She said, I'm going to put a missing kids report on y'all. And if y'all don't come, because mind you, we in church every Sunday. I got one brother, he get out of church, he got his slacks on, he see some people want some weed, he jump out the car, run down the street, still in his church clothes. Yeah. My, my mama just preached the sermon. My mama preacher. Okay. I'm going to keep it real with you. Yeah. Mom's a preacher. My dad a police. Okay. So, <laughs> this is how it was. Yeah, yeah. He jumps out the car with his slacks on, run down the street. <clears throat> he serves somebody two bags of weed. Police grab him. Oh. It's three days, really, before my mom and then realized where he at. But he can't call my mama. No, no. So he got to call one of my aunties or somebody yeah. like that. Yeah. Boom. You know, so we had, my mom is like 10 girls, three boys, you know, pretty girls. All came from Mississippi mm-hmm. to get a better life. So then we starting to have money, cars and stuff. Things are changing. Boom. I get in trouble. Go to Juvenile Hall. I got to go move in with my mom and be on ankle monitor, super home supervision. And I discovered going to school that I had all the clothes. I still got a car, but I got I to go to school. You know, I got a cell phone. Mm-hmm. And then I, I get asked to read something in class. And I, you know, I tell him, man, I don't need no, I don't need to know how to read. I got money. I got about two G's in my pocket. Right. Probably got about at that day, 13, 14, I'm in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. Probably got about 10,000 saved up. Wow. And, um, this is off just cookies and nah, candy? Nah, nah, this is off this, uh, other by stuff. this time. Yeah, we, yeah. We, I'm pushing a little weed now. Yeah, I'm yeah. pushing a little weed now. I was going to ask you because yeah. I, would, I would think yeah. that like, the pressure would build. Yeah, I'm, I'm pushing a little weed now. Yeah. I'm pushing a lot of weed. Mm-hmm. Bammer. No, not no good weed. Just regular dirt weed. Right. Mexican. The brown. The, the brown weed. You know, it was just seedy weed. Give them a lot. Buy a mm-hmm. pound for 600 bucks. Right. Um, and then, then it, it, it dawned on me one day, man, and it changed my life. Teacher say, you know, um, yeah, I need you to read that. We was reading... Uh, Romeo and Juliet. 
And I'm like, I don't need to learn how to read. I got up in front of the class. I opened the book up and I looked and, and nothing on the paper seemed right. Everything was backwards. Hmm. I'm like, dang. I threw the book. I'm like, man, I don't need to learn how to read, man. I, I'm having money. So he said, get out of my class. And I'm walking off. This girl stopped me and she said, you got dyslexic. She said, I had dyslexic. I'm like, what are you, what are you I don't know. No, this, I ain't got nothing. So she sat me down one day and uh, her name was Patrice. And then we start reading. And she said, man, nah, you're going to have to take it all the way back. And it wasn't that I didn't know how to read. It's just like I never focused. Mm -hmm. And I never put energy because it didn't interest me. Right. So she said, look, here go a newspaper with stocks and bonds in there. This make money. You say you got money. And then she was like, you ever read the Bible? I said, man, I go to church all the time. I ain't never read the Bible. My mom would be trying to force it on me. She said, every word you're looking for is in the Bible. So I started like really boom. And then she was like, now that Bible too slow for you. It's not going, it's not going to get it. So she gave me a book. Um, it was like the coldest winter ever. Hmm. It was an urban novel. Was, uh, um, did you have to do, like, cause you said you were dyslexic. So did you have to get like, like, how did you figure that out? Cause I, I don't know what it's like to be dyslexic. The D's are backwards. The B's are backwards. Yeah. Things are backwards. You know what I mean? So, uh, so did you, what was your process for getting past that? Cause um, I realized that can be so hard. You know, the process was taking my time and taking an interest on things that you like. So when you take an interest on things, excuse me, when you take an interest on things that you like, you get to see because they talk about hustling and they talk about girls. And mm -hmm. they, so now I'm like, you had to find the I part, to of find it that, the that, part that I like, you know, and once mm -hmm. I found the part that I like, you know, um, it started to make a little bit more sense to me. You know, it, it started to make a little bit more sense. When you start finding things that you like, because so this is the content that you're reading and uh -huh. stuff that's more exactly, exactly, exactly. Okay. So <clears throat> the stuff that made more sense to me, um, I started just, 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 just reading it, and then over the time, what I ended up doing was um, becoming more comfortable, like talking and reading to people in, in public, or you know, uh, 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 um. Another thing was I had to stop being shy of, uh, you know, um, just what people thought about me. You know, mm -hmm. the day you start realizing what, excuse me, what other people think doesn't matter is the day when you can become successful, you know, basically, you know. Right. So what I did was this. I um, took the book, read it. If it was a word I didn't understand, I wrote it down. And then I had to di dissect if it was a B, a D, or any other different things, or sound it out. And then all of a sudden, I only start reading things I was interested in. Mm. And then I just got it. Boom. Uh, by the time I was 16, I had started my own business. <clears throat> well, let me take it back. <clears throat> I wanted to, I seen Naughty by Nature. And they had the t-shirts the going on. And Oakland had a clothing company. It was Never Worry, Big Pimpin', Burnout Family, Blunt Object, Federal Fit. Who else? I want to say Obey, but I'm not sure if they were a part of that brand. You mm -hmm. had a Hemp Form. And they were our pioneers of 
the t-shirt game. These so, are all separate, just separate crews. Just just, just with, out of their just, garage. Just out of their it? garage. Okay. So I took a job at Noah's Bagels. Mm-hmm. And um it was a jury place next door to it. A guy come in every day, I knew what he wanted, so when he walked in the door, he wanted a bagel with lots and cream cheese. He leaves me fifty cent tip every day. So every day you come in, I'm telling people, look, man, a bagel is 75 cent. You know, you can get a dozen of bagels for 575 with cream cheese. So I'm upselling because if I, if I, if I say I'm, I'm 15 now with a work permit, 14 about to be 15 with a work permit, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to buy a silk screen machine because I want to start my own clothing label. So I'm going to people, funky fat graphics, everything. I'm, I got a dirt bike in my backyard. I'm, I'm putting it together so I can sell it. I got 2000 for that. This machine costs 5000 I'm getting on the AC Transit. I just sold my car. Wait, no. Um, I, when I was on house arrest, I ended up driving again. And they came out with a law in 1993 that says if you get caught driving, you get your car towed for 30 days. Mm. So I didn't want to get my car towed, so I sold it. So I'm trying to find a fake ID. A fake, so I can give me a driver's license or something. But you know, right now I'm just too young. I'm only 14, 15. Mm-hmm. My mama was like, "Y'all got to stop parking them cars around the corner. You got three, four cars parked in front of these neighbors' house. We, you know, boom. I, I, you ain't supposed to be driving, but park these these some nice cars. Yeah, a ten thousand dollar Grand National, a Delta eighty eight on gold ones. You know, um, that's that's Zenas and Vogues and mm-hmm. a seventy three Chevy Burgundy. So now, being that I'm young, but me, all my brothers, we got nice cars. You know, that person like, man. Right, yeah, that's going to stick out. Man, he got a, a gold Delta with a sunroof, peanut right. butter interior, wooden steering wheel, 415s up mm-hmm. in there, 6 6 by 9s or whatever. So happened. She like, no, them cars nice. But mm-hmm. the neighbors know we kids, you know? And then we walk around the corner, smoke a little weed in it. Right. Cool. So... Not to mention the cops are profiling you guys too. Yeah, right? but see, we're not in Oakland now. Mom's moved kind of like out to El Cerrito. Okay. So now, but she, you know, El Cerrito was kind of, they, they're not used to seeing us out there. And these, was that a whiter place back that's then? That's a whiter place back gotcha. then. But it was like El Cerrito police see some, see some, some, some black kids. You know, right. we don't even look grown. Yeah. What are, what are, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about, and mind you, they stopped us before. One time I got seven sacks of weed on me. And he said, I smell the weed. Just give it to me. <laughs> and, and he was like, I know where you live at. Yeah. I see your cars around there. Mm-hmm. I didn't got complaints on your car. Matter of fact, I know who your daddy is. Right. Did you get a pass though? Because I gave my weed. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, and yeah. I'm gone. Right. Yeah, right. So, um, I, I I'm not driving. I caught the Bart to Ashby. I mean, to Ashby Station. Mm-hmm. Walked. They had a silk screen place, and he said, "Look, five thousand oh, dollars." And he looking at me up and down. I said, "But I don't really even know how to work it." Mm-hmm. He said, "First, you got to come up with five thousand dollars, kid." I go in my backpack. I got 20s faced with 20s, 50s faced with 50s, 100s faced with 100s, 1s. I said, man, I'm going to keep two Gs and 1s because I want to keep some of mine. I got about, I got 13,000 on me because I, I I get stereotyped all the time. I knew he was going to say this. Yeah, you know, but, yeah, yeah. So I say, um, this 5,000, but I need a flasher and I want a package. I need the ink, the squeegees. I need the flasher to go with it and I need it delivered. How did, but how did you learn all that? Like you went in with such confidence because how did you get that knowledge even to know what to ask for? I watched Naughty by Nature video when they said how they were making their clothes. They did right? a how-to video? The, um, they was on MTV. Okay. And then he was talking about Naughty by Nature and then they was talking about the industry and it was on like, you know, they're doing interviews and stuff like that. And then Russell Simmons had signed Richie Rich and then he had uh, uh, 
after this, he had signed something to ride to, right? So around this time, you know, a lot of, they had a company called Funky Fat Graphics, Underwood Works, and then there was another company down the street called What You Need Graphics, Brian and John. So they were, you know, you know, I was going over there and I had printed a few shirts with them. So I'm looking, you know, I spent about a thousand with each one of them. And as I spent that thousand, I sold the shirts in like one, two days. Mm -hmm. And now I'm telling them like, okay, okay, okay. So it's a setup fee. Okay. For every color, this, mm -hmm. and I'm looking. So, so as you're building these relationships with building, people, they were doing it, you're learning. And then what I learned was a lot of people lag for the big dog. They put your work to the side for the big dogs. Gotcha. And now I'm like, wait a minute. If I get me some machines, I could take these smaller customers. Gotcha. I got street cred. Mm -hmm. I got a lot of brothers, a lot of cousins. Yeah. And I'm a young dude. And really, to tell you the truth, but I'm not being cocky. I got more money than them right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> they running a the business, but I got more money. Yeah. So um, I did that. And he was like, so I counted out 5,000. I think the guy named was Richard. Right then and there, he said, yeah, man, I seen you come up in here last week. You looking and stuff and you, you walking around. I seen you with your pencil because, you know, I had a calculator and a pencil and I'm mm -hmm. trying to, you know, boom, trying to figure out the tax on this and if it's worth it. And I'm contemplating and then I had to go to, uh, 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 it was a shirt company, uh, all about the t-shirts or, uh, forever shirts. It was on Hagenberger. Mm -hmm. And. They was like the shirts cost two dollars, three dollars, and if you print them and sell them for ten dollars, and you're gonna have a seven dollar profit. Totally different now. The game has changed. Right. So when I bought the machine, I must have messed up a hundred shirts. Mm. Some say start printing on the sheet, <laughs> get sheets, but boom, the, the machine is thinner, so it bleeds through it. So I go to the Goodwill and get these ten cent shirts, fifty cent shirts from the Goodwill, and I just press on them, and then I just got good. I went all the way to New Orleans. I printed up a thousand shirts. The higher the knowledge, the blacker the college, the higher the knowledge. Bayou Classic. I think by that time it was already 97, 96, 97, because I'm getting older now, mm -hmm. you know, you know, um, and then I can't. Then just I the word. It was just, just word graphic. Just boom, glow in the dark football. It was Bayou Classic. Grandma how did you, were you designing the art for it or did you have people you're working with or how, I, how did that come Everything to come creative in my head. Mm-hmm. But what I did have was a, a vision. And um, if I didn't see it and didn't like it right, I wouldn't let them print it. Uh, but I, would you do the drawings yourself? I do the sketching. Okay. I did the sketching and I knew Photoshop, Illustrated, yeah. uh, Adobe. You know, it was new then. It was like right, Max was just, you know, yeah, yeah, a yeah. Macintosh, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so, so you're already learning the software back then? Mm -hmm. Windows, Windows, what was it, Windows? 95. Windows 95, and then you had uh, the Macintosh came out, it looked like a, 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 a microwave or a, mm -hmm. little, a, little, a, little, a little hot plate, a Jewish forming grill yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So um, after that, we did, uh, we drove. I slept on a thousand shirts in a minivan that I bought from a police auction in Fairfield. <laughs> That's such a good sentence. No license, no nothing. Yeah. All the way. Man, I'm, I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. Tell my peoples I'll be back. All the way to New Orleans. Why New Orleans? Because the Bayou Classic was out there. What's that Bayou the Classic? The biggest black college event of the year. No, it's, it's Thanksgiving every year. Okay. Bayou Classic was big. It was going to be 200,000 people there. So it was just a big Thanksgiving party. I didn't even have a booth. You know, they say if you get caught selling t-shirts without a booth, you're going to jail. They're going to take your shirts. We selling mm -hmm. them. We pushing them off the freeway. We yeah. hustling. We hustling. Right. I got four people with me. We, we selling. So right now, a thousand shirts. You know, we probably two G's into it. We want twenty dollars a shirt. We gonna bring and plus I bought the band for a thousand. Mm -hmm. You know, me and my guy Dre, um, we gonna bring back 
$20,000. So we we probably came back with 200 shirts because we were just out there. We was being a vigilante. Mm-hmm. We was eating french fries, Wendy's, you know, top ramen, cup of noodles. We was hustling. Mm-hmm. Sleeping in the van. We had some family. Two hours out in like Opelousas, Louisiana, Hammond, Louisiana, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 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 Pearl River, Mississippi. And was the, the Bayou Classic, was that at Tulane? That's at the... Uh, that's at the uh, uh, Superdome. Oh, so it was like a big convention. Yeah, it's the biggest. It's, it's Grambling against Southern, the college football game. You know that? Okay, you gotcha. Know? So it's the biggest. Yeah, out, I was trying to know? put in my mind yeah, like it's what, the biggest. And what was it's the, the event? It's the Battle of the Bands. One day, mm-hmm. you know, I, I ran into Tiny Zeus. People pay me to wear their shirts. <laughs> you know, I said, I don't give a fuck, you big ass. <laughs> you gonna wear this shirt? He started dying laughing because I'm little. I'm a skinny kid. Right. So. uh like I say, I was I, I was still I was working in North Bagel because I was a condition. I had to work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I skipped out when I came back to Bayou Classic. The dude from the jury store says, "Listen, I've been watching you." And that, and and when I left the left the bagel store every night, I take about a hundred bagels with me, and I make sure I put cinnamon raisin, plain salt, onions all separated because I knew people was gonna come last minute before the store closed and try to get it. So I close fifteen minutes, ten minutes early, and start cleaning up and start throwing the bagels out. So when, mm-hmm. when they come, I'll be like, hey, just one second. So I sell them bagels for four fifty a dozen. And they saving money. Mm-hmm. So then they just start waiting for me. But I, I couldn't do it in front of the store. Right. I just be like, okay, boom. I meet you over there. Boom, boom, boom. So I'm all the around Because they're throwing the bagels We're out. We're throwing right? the bagels out. Yeah. But I get to take many as home as I want. There you go. So I'm just pre-placing my orders mm-hmm. and stuff. I'm supposed to take them home to the family. But I'm taking, I don't know, we don't eat no bagels. Cinnamon raisin with some butter and peanut butter on there, maybe, right? Right. So they was like, can you give me lox and cream cheese? I couldn't get lox and cream cheese premium because, <laughs> because those are premium items. Yeah. So I said, if you want lox and cream cheese, you have to pay me before. So I have to pay the full, I get 10% discount on that. And then I buy like six, seven cream cheeses and take mine home. Mm-hmm. So I was make like an extra 60 bucks every night after I got back from the Body Classic. So I'm like, look, I'm not hustling no more, but I'm mm-hmm. hustling bagels. Right. So uh, I quit. Then messing with this girl, fell hard. Mm-hmm. Boom! It get real. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just sitting in the house. I'm not printing. I'm not doing nothing. I'm just boom. You know, I got a scholarship. You know, I I end up being becoming so great in school. I end up getting a scholarship to Fashion Institute. Which one? FIDM, um, based in, out in, in, in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, okay. One of the first black kids to get a scholarship, eighteen thousand a semester. Yeah. First week, they playing with the money. They still talking about I got to come up with X, Y, Z, and I had to take classes at Laney, which was a part of a weekend to continue with my scholarship. Mm-hmm. I think I was so stressed out, I dropped out of school mm. right then and there. Um, what was stressing you out? Like what was stressful about it? Getting there, the knowledge, the cut and sew program, um, just learning different. Like the bureaucracy, the, of yeah, it? everything. Then they really didn't want me there. It's like. Uh, it was like a different element. Then yeah. I had to. Then it was like you know I still couldn't find no ID yet. So I had. I'm you know I'm 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 getting up there now. I'm guessing also they like weren't really like the like what you thought of as fashion and what was cool, interesting to you wasn't it really wasn't what was being pushed in the class. Them. It right. wasn't. So I, I dropped out. I'm back in East Oakland. <clears throat> um, and uh, I think my little brother died, hmm. and that's when the game changed for me. Uh, Lapierre. Pierre Porter, he died on my picnic. I threw it for a fashion t-shirt, Bernal family picnic. Mm-hmm. He passed away. You know, he got kidnapped. Oh, no. They wanted a ransom for him. Um, 
Sorry, man. $300,000 ransom for him. They didn't pay in time. He didn't make it. Uh, and then, you know, mentally, you know, my mind just went everywhere. And then it was just like the the birth of the birth of a giant because here it is. The city start changing. You start seeing people growing up with betraying people. So you either had to separate yourself from it or be a part of the board. You know what I mean? So when, when was this that this started happening? 95, 96. Well, you know, because, you know, like I say, between the 80s and the 90s, it mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, you know, you know, Oakland had some of the highest murder rates ever. Right. No, I mean, this it was you know, infamous the, you know, out here. The, the Valentine's Day massacres, the, mm-hmm. the, the New Year's massacres, we was getting 189, 200, 300 murders a year. You know, I'm talking about. It was it was just mm-hmm. people were coming up missing. Uh, the missing report people was just so high they couldn't figure out why all these people was missing. But then really they was they was missing because they never found the bodies. And rumor has it that uh, a lot of people were burnt alive and cremated and tortured and just stuff like that. So it had a lot. Of, Oakland had a stink on it. Yeah. Do you, do you think this was due to the crack epidemic and the? It was due to the war heroin, drugs, the crack. And- and then it was the money. You hmm. had a lot. Of, Oakland had a lot of millionaires. Gotcha. And it was a lot of territory. This real estate. They was fighting over real estate that we didn't own. Now you see them fighting over real estate to get a piece of this real estate. So the plan was a 20 year plan. Destroy these communities like this was one of the worst communities in the area. The one we're in right now. We're yes. Sitting in? Okay. This was the worst community. It was a drug filled community. And it was a 20 year plan to take this community down and move and gentrify it. And when they gentrified it, they ran everybody out. The house across the street from you sold for nine hundred thousand. House down the street, you cannot buy a house in this neighborhood for under two point four. Fixed up, rooted to the tutor. Right. Yeah. Um, these homes were older people who died and passed them down to the kids, and the kids didn't want it. They had to split it. They was arguing with siblings. They had to get out of here. So this is why this area became so much. This was area was in the Forbes magazine. This area was, uh, was one of the highest and the most, most sold real estate. In two, two years ago, I heard it was like the, the hottest up and coming, uh, district in Oakland. Or it, something. it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was. And, 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 and it stands still and it's staying there. Like, you know, you, 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 you want to buy a house as is no questions asked off market price, 1.44 million cash. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Nothing less. And that's not fixed up. Right. Excuse me. A piece of lot around here, 850,000. Mm-hmm. 4,000 square feet lot. You can possibly get a million. You spend another 600,000 on there, building it top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Rooter to the tutor, 600,000 to build it. That's, you know what I mean? Just say if you just got an empty lot for 900,000 and you build it top to bottom. You build it top to bottom. Boom, 600 grand. Yeah. Boom. You had 1.5. You can put that same house on the market and sell it with just like a, uh, a ADU additional dwelling unit and a full home in the front. You can put that house on the market for 2.4 and it'll mm-hmm. be sold in two weeks. And you know, that's, that's, that's just, so this all started right around like mm-hmm. that initial thing. Cause just getting back to the story you were telling me 95, 96, 96. things are getting real bad here. Bad. And These properties are low. And you, that was when your brother passed. Mm-hmm. So, how long did you know? How long were you out? You know, on your on this kind of growth. Well, know, pattern. Did, did, I, I'm not, I'm not going, I mean, ninety six to ninety eight. I mean, I, I, I would kind of say like I had a. I was I was very bitter. Mm-hmm. If you hustled, I really didn't even like you. You were grieving. 
you know, and then, you know, I moved away, went to New Orleans. It was like, I'm just going to make it. I'm going to shine on everybody. Mm-hmm. Then I came back out here and got a dose of reality, you know, you know, thing, you know, fell on some hard times. You know, I've been successful. Times. I went, I went broke. And when the market crashed, I was successful in the early 2000s. You know, I bought my first piece of property on 72nd. I was a young kid, paid 90 grand for it, a duplex. Mm. Um, property wasn't worth nothing. Market came, took money out. You know, it was it it, it, it profited five twenty. I drained everything out. So, you know, um, got a you know refinance, pulled eighty percent out. Mm-hmm. You know, had a, a a bearable mortgage on that one. The other one, I had a two year fix with uh, First Franklin. Next year, next when when the market crashed, it went up to fifty six hundred a month. I took all the equity out, let it foreclose, bought properties in Stockton, properties in Sacramento. Boom, probably I bought cars, jewelry. Yeah, you know. Had babies, a lot of babies. Um, <laughs> and then went broke. Mm. Not managing my money right. You know, um, was in a standstill. Couldn't get past a certain number. Couldn't get past. Every time I tried to get past a certain number, couldn't get it. It was mm-hmm. just at a standstill. So then I started looking at the property. I started doing cash for keys, bond for deeds, uh, uh, Getting people out the properties, uh, you know, um, you name it, we was in it. Mm-hmm. But the market was just like, you know, boom. Once I got the dose of reality in 2003, four, I came back. And when I came back, I just came back strong, just like, look, that's what it is. So, you know, I picked up the passion. I was like, I'm becoming a realtor. And then on my way up, a realtor just didn't happen. Investors started to happen. I started, you know, funding deals. So, you know, uh, financing, underwriting. Then I learned what it took. Fix the credit, business funding, mm-hmm. you know, getting a, getting your EIN, you know, um, building your LLCs, C-Corps, S-Corps, you know, uh, you know, uh, plastic loans. Plastic loans is credit card loans only, uh, you know, um, you know, equity lines of credit, uh, reverse mortgages, getting people loans on uh, cash out refis. So start meeting a lot of people. Once I start meeting those people, you know, I start taking my game up, you know, I take it up. How, how did you educate yourself about these things? Well, see, the, 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 the realtors were under scrutiny and guidelines. Mm-hmm. And I had people buying property off the, off the Oakland stairs. Um, that, what does that mean? That means they was bidding for the properties, which they stopped. A lot of people went to federal prison. Is this like handshake deals or? Yeah. Okay. Backdoor deals. A lot of people went to prison, mm-hmm. including myself. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but these kind of deals, yeah. right? Um, the backdoor deals was everybody was in it together. Mm-hmm. You controlled the market, who buy the houses, who get the houses, everything. You know, if somebody new come in, they either had to get down or lay down. Period. If you mm-hmm. ain't, you ain't, it's like a person said, you got to buy dope from us. You got to buy property from us. Right. If you wasn't a part of the, of the squad, mm-hmm. you wouldn't get nothing. Gotcha. Every house that came up for sale, we knew about it. And the, 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 the Latino community was fixing on them. The Chinese community was buying them. No, we got to stop them from buying these houses because mm. they was buying them everything. Did right? they really break down along it, racial it, lines like it that? It did because they were buying all the houses and we, and you know, we, we would run the price up on them. Mm-hmm. Run it up. And the market start climbing because we, we making them buy it for so high and then we buying low and then they don't want to come back. Mm. You know? 
But these were these two bedroom, 850 square feet that had backyards. You can do a real good remodel on them. Mm -hmm. Then the Latinos just start moving in into Oakland, East Oakland, East Oakland, East Oakland. They had a better system, a better program. Mm -hmm. You know, it'd be five people in the house, one person to help another person, and then they all paying a mortgage. One person to move out. His credit is good. He'll buy the house down the street. He'd fix it up. Boom. So they had a system that worked. We were so greedy and so envious and so jealous of each other. Your room bigger than mine. You got the driveway. Your girl been staying here. So we couldn't really put that game to effect. Gotcha. So everybody was competing against each other. So, yeah. You know, um, that happened. The market fell in 07. Mm -hmm. It started climbing in 14. And then uh, Trump came in office. Excuse me. And the market just changed. It just changed. Silicon Valley was here. Obama came. Obama was here to help, but we couldn't get the market back up. And, you know, we... I, I got a question, real, if I can mm -hmm. pause you for a sec. Just during, like, the, the those years leading up to the crash in 2008, mm -hmm. did you, like, were, did you see, you know, because we, anyone who's done a little bit of studying into, into that story, mm -hmm. you hear about all these predatory lenders, you hear mm -hmm. about these shady bank People coming in trying to take people's houses. That's what they did. Were you? Did you see that in your direct experience too? People trying to come into the communities. That was here? a part of it. Okay, that was a part of it. That <laughs> was a part of it, right? Yeah, yeah. These old, these old mafia loans, right? Bad loans, hard mm -hmm. money lenders, interest only. Yeah, you know, you know, you. Hey, you got this house on stated income, no docs, no proof, no nothing. Mm -hmm. You use your credit. You took $30,000 back. We're going to go back up on your, your mortgage. You had a two-year fix. You was talking about that money. That note was 3200 Now it's fifty four. Pay it. Man, we foreclosing in six months. Yeah, right. Hilltop Lending. Uh, a lot of banks went to jail. A lot of the small guys. But Wall Street was bundling up them bad loans and saying, sell, sell, sell. All into the data market crash. They was back. They was they had backdoor loans. Big jumbo loans. Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, yeah, that's what happened, man. You know, um, it's like this. Real estate is not for everybody. I know a lot of successful people don't have real estate. I specialize in digital real estate. Digital real estate is different now. Now that I've known, like, creating a brand, creating a market, creating this podcast that you have, that's digital real estate. You you, you make content, you keep putting it out there, and as long as you have it, it has a, a life term that you can keep getting monetization, YouTube, Snapchat. So that's real estate that you have. It's a digital platform. Mm -hmm. You sell your clothes. As long as you're advertising it right, that's digital real estate. You're selling a digital product. That's digital real estate. Anything that has a, a, a blueprint or a footprint that's here to stay that people can get content, it's like royalties. Rappers that get royalties, that's a digital real estate footprint. Right. So you have real estate of different platforms. They call us trapping off real estate. Trapping off real estate, you know, is through real estate. <clears throat> this is your program. That's that my you're program. Right you know, now. through real estate, you know, achieving a platform, right? And then when we tell them that we're achieving a platform and accomplishing goals, and we we're, we're educating you and fixing flippings, we're telling you take your thirty thousand dollars and put it in this platform. You know, we have so many different things. I know people that just became Bitcoin millionaires. Mm -hmm. I know so many people that won off the GameStop. I know so many people that put content on YouTube, getting seven to 50 bucks for every thousand views. And they're selling their merch and they're selling their digital product. Mm -hmm. Even if the digital product doesn't work, they're getting content. They're, 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 they have a brand. People yeah. are buying into the brand. Right. When people buy into their brand, they're buying into you. So when they buy into you, you know, that's again, that family. Not relatives. 
They support you because they see the good in it. And then that comes with endorsement. That comes with links that come with product placement. Mm -hmm. So you can buy an ebook and change 20% of what the ebook says and turn it into your book. Hmm. You can get content from the web. You can get scenes, backgrounds. You can uh, talk about other podcasters and, Mm -hmm. and, and monetize on that. So, you know, the, the digital real estate platform is just so big right now that yeah. if you're looking for funding, if you're looking for actually just the knowledge to get into real estate, if you're looking for the investments, if you're looking to start your business, grow your business, fund your business. I mean, technically, you know, this it's a platform out there. Yeah. We discovered over 811 different ways to bring in a residual income a cash flow income, a passive income, and to keep monetizing at that. $100 a day is $3,000 a month, $36,000 a year. $200 a day, boom, $6,000 mm-hmm. a month. We already know, $72,000 a year. $300, just $300 a day on passive income. Five products, three products. You can run up a bag. You get $300 a day, you're making 108 $1,000 a day, Five incomes that's making two hundred apiece is three hundred and sixty-five dollars. Excuse me, three hundred sixty-five thousand a year. Yeah, and it takes twenty-seven hundred and fifty bucks a day passive income to become a millionaire. Nine million people last year have became millionaires for the first time, according to the data. Two point seven million people went to jail for the first time. So you had three times more millionaires than people actually went to jail. Hmm, that's not a that's not a narrative that you hear very often talked about. It's not. The platform, I'm talking about legit millionaires. Right. No illegal. Yeah. Legit tech. Yeah. Product. Instagram. Mm -hmm. YouTubers. Bloggers. Podcasters. Yeah. You don't even need a record company right now. Mm -hmm. You need distribution deals. Yeah. So it's like, I I know the management of music, Mm -hmm. the investment of property, platform, product placement, can get you on Netflix, can get you on Prime. Having the resources in the network, but just because I have the resources in the net network don't mean I'm going to put out trash. I'm not going to waste my networks because you don't want to dilute your brand. Yes. Like you said, you got, you have your people know you to to, to be a connoisseur of a certain level of quality. I'm I'm like, I'm next week. You're going to say, what's up? It's your boy Quaz, Mr. 811. Please subscribe, hit the (laughs) notification button. Don't forget to hit the bell. (laughs) You (laughs) get what I'm saying? So when you think about it, it is so much content and it is so much digital real estate and it is so much out here that you can make a, a Netflix series on how to become a podcaster. <laughs> you can sit in your room, you right. can light up a bong, you yeah. can talk about the cannabis culture, you right. can ride a skateboard mm-hmm. and I'm quite sure you, you get 750,000 views, YouTube, Netflix, and you can, because it's not about the action movies. Right. It's the reality. Mm-hmm. I'm and shooting. whether people are going to actually use it or not, they they like coming along for the ride and yeah. see the story. I'm shooting, trapping off real estate. My TV, my TV pod. I have a, a Netflix series, Inside Out, and it's going to be about Oakland, based in Oakland. It's going to be based in a federal prison to Oakland. The okay. needs, the want, you know, the injustice, the yeah. the, uh, the the um, harsh punishment. You know, the wrongful convicted is going to be like the, the, the mass incarceration, the, 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 the pandemic. Um, and it's going to be about the people who survived and struggled to get out of this and, and where they are now. So we're going to shoot that. 
that's I'm looking forward to that. And um, we're going to take it to the next level because we have the context. We have the, the, the content, the context, the real estate. We have pretty much everything we need to just... And the culture, I mean, the culture, our culture as a whole, there's never been like a greater thirst for for black stories and black content and and learning about, you know, what has been such a mystery to so many people. for so long. You see so many B level actors, they say we didn't have enough to hire them. And then their story is a hit. You know, I just was watching Mm -hmm. McGraw Ave, Detroit. They did great on that. Mm -hmm. You know, I was just watching another African-American young lady. Her name is at the tip of my, my easy, what's her name? Isel, Isa, um, Isa. Hmm. And everything she put out, she writes, she directs, she's beautiful. Yeah. She's regular. She's natural. And she does that. So I put it out for the culture and I'm ready to get my platform on there. Like you say, I, you know, I own my own equipment, my yeah. own, my, my own everything. Well, I know? should say like the way that we linked, mm-hmm. I was coming back actually from doing a, a podcast at my buddy Lesh's house. Shout out the Beeswax. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm walking back, and all of a sudden I'm like, "There's a, there's a music video going on on my block, like, yes, and, and yeah. not just a music video. This is like a hundred thousand dollar music video. This music isn't video. like a small. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, I've been a videographer for four years. Mm-hmm. Like, I can tell when there's mm-hmm. money behind a production. Yes, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. this is a legit production, and and it's like at the end of my block, and so I just like kind of posted up and started watching. You know, I love to watch people doing their thing and doing mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I found myself talking to you and, you know, and we're talking, we're kind of vibing about it and I'm, I'm trying to learn. And, uh, and the next thing I know, you're telling me, oh yeah, that's my car and that's my camera. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. You know, and, like. And, and, and the thing about <laughs> it is, you know, it's not even stunting because people see me on my skateboard, people see me on my bike, people mm-hmm. see me walking. People see me flying my drones in the neighborhood, racing my race cars or mm-hmm. my mo control cars or dirt bikes and things like that. But everything has a production budget. Everything has a, a, a cost. Everything is monetized and everything yeah. pays for itself. You know, the cameras, the drones, the vehicles, you know, we rent them out. We put them out here. Um, you know, like I say, even that day, we had top of the line security, three, three, three different securities. We had yeah. a full budget. Mm-hmm. We flew our flew to for videographers, photographers out from uh, Texas, Atlanta. What, what was the name of the artist again that was doing the video? Oh, and that day, that was particularly, that was either Jack Boy, OMBPZ, that was another, uh, and then you had another video with, was uh, King Von, rest in peace to King Von, he died right mm. after that video mm. shoot. And, um, you know, uh, uh, Ken, you know, he has OMBPZ, you know, he's the manager of that, and he's great, you know, he's great putting everything together, he works with Empire, yeah. uh, directly with Empire, and he, um, he puts it together and he's one of the best managers, you know, out there and uh shout out to Ken for sure, yeah. because he, he's just doing his thing. So I'm curious, I'm just curious, like, uh, like the, about, you know, just, just so I can understand as well, like the, the different businesses you talk about these 811 income okay. streams. So like what I do is we create different income streams. Yeah. Uh, whether it's monetization, mm-hmm. podcasting. So this is a service you provide to provide. artists? Okay. Um, let them know how to get into it, yeah. how to start it. You know, you can make a million dollars off t-shirt, whether it's DTG, whether it's silkscreen, whether it's embroidery. Mm-hmm. You can lease your credit. You can lease your credit and make money off hard money lending or brokering things. You set up these different deals. You 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 know, people say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to finance you this. I'm going to finance you that. Yeah. Boom. So you got whether it's on the music side of, of the, the the actual, you know, 
releasing all your music on the music, different streams, platforms mm-hmm. like that, the YouTube, whether it's the financial, the credit, yeah. using your business credit to leverage so you can, you know, fund a company, uh, you know, getting your EIN number, getting your LOC. Getting so you're helping artists like set all this set stuff all up these for things themselves? Up, right. Okay. Um, if you're it, looking what's for, the name of that? Does that have, business that, have a name? I have, we have Fundra and then we have, um, uh, Dynasty Brothers Global Asset Protection Companies. That's setting your LLC up and protection, protecting your assets. Okay. We have Western, Western Financial, and we have Trelane Solutions, and we have Urban Treps. Urban Treps is urban entrepreneurs. Urban yeah. entrepreneurs. That's where you see treps and trapping, entrepreneur trappers. You know, um, you know, you know, trapping out. Um, and trep because trep is short for entrepreneurs. We're treppies. Mm-hmm. A lot of different people don't understand that yeah. when you're an entrepreneur, the word trep is in there, and that's what it's about. So we are out here discovering the different platforms, putting it together, seeing what works for you, seeing what fit. Yeah. I mean, I got guys breeding Frenchies. Um, I'm breeding Frenchies. Okay. You know, how do people find you? Like, like when you. How do people come in? Well, see, we have like, I got a twin brother. He's more on social media. That's Hot Boy Twin. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? At Hot Boy Twin on social media, mm-hmm. Instagram, you know, our first check, first choice logistics, you know, uh, life is what you make it, ch- chances to make champion. You hit those links, you're going to find us on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I will be out, Mr. 811. Look for me on YouTube. Look for me on Instagram. Look for me on Snapchat. You can even find me on OnlyFans. Uh, <laughs> giving out the game, you all know. Right, um, right. Mr. 811 will be on there. I'm, you know, getting all my content together. I haven't really put out a lot of content due to getting ready to do my Netflix deal. So off the Netflix deal, I'm putting out, you know, I've been putting a lot out into the actual. Can you talk about the Netflix deal? Is that still under wraps? It's still under wraps. So I can talk about the pretty much just the, the, what it took, you know, um, not really getting the the money that you want the first, Mm -hmm. but you know, boom, if they pick you up the next year, that's when the check. You're seeing the long-term opportunity. I'm going to see the long-term opportunity to it. So, you know, it took a long time coming, but I, 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 I'm not going to tell you this. I had other deals coming in place and I was like, nah, I don't really want to write film. You know, I mean, you know, I'm going to produce, but I have mm-hmm. full, full studio, um, you know. What, what got uh, you interested in, in, you know, content creation? And, and all my life, this? dyslexic did. Okay. I can visualize anything. Yeah. I can build, I can engineer, I code. I have my apps, a Room Crowd, Marijuana Eats. I'm the first marijuana and weed platform out here to deliver any food you want and your marijuana to anywhere. Love it. You know, Blix is my streaming and that was the deal with... You know, I have my own streaming platform. Mm. So the conflict of interest is, do I want to put my my content on my platform or shop it with the Netflix deal? Right. So being that I'm, um, I have my own developers, uh, I, 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 like I say, I collected Rolexes for a long time. I'm giving up a lot of those different things so I can get into the technology field. Yeah. I collect a lot of different jewelry. So I had a lot of different things that I used as leverage. Good assets. And assets. Because yeah. what I'm saying, it was leverage. I was leveraging my assets so I can get in these deals. But right now, tech is my passion and development. I'm not developing um, just real estate anymore. What I do is I do commercial real estate, which we will fix a Home Depot up, build it, we fund it, and we'll lease it back to Home Depot for 30 years. Then we will put the uh, Togos there. We will put the Dick Sporting Goods there. Hmm. Then we will put the smaller venues there to keep the doors open. So we get the big lease to cover the whole project, which will be the Home Depot, and then we will make money off the smaller vendors and say, look, this is the demographics. This is the economical report. This is what this business need. And now my job is to get the funding 
for my contractors, but we do it in draws as well. You know, we, we, you know, Hey, look, this is what the trucks cost. This is what the dirt costs. This is what the concrete costs. We're going to do it in draws. And we're not going to give you guys the whole $16 million project boom, because I might have four hard money lenders on there and then get the bank for there and then have to see if they got 40% of the capital to front, front this own deal. Me, I would have to write myself in these deals right. as the consultant or as the project management. I'm certified in real estate commercial project management. So I had went, got my, got my certificate and project management. You know, I can lead uh, up to a $20 million project. Um, at times it takes a lot of my time. I'm sure. And at times I can do two deals a year, you know, one just, you know, if I get, you know, a half a point off the deal, you think 16 million and then you'll say, okay, you know, 10% of 16 million, let's just go 1.6, just say, you know, uh, just say, just say, even if we did, you know, that's not 80,000, right? No, 10, just say 10% of just, just say if you got 10% of a 18, I mean, six, just say if you got, 10% of one point, I mean, 16 million, right? Mm -hmm. So you still might get 1.6. After you pay the whole crew, you might be left with 110 grand after you pay the whole crew. And they're yeah. like, where did the money go? You're splitting 1.6. You have insurance. You have to have a bond. You have to have um, a, 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 a labor law insurance. We have to have, um, you know, you know, think about the, the loss, the miscellaneous, mm -hmm. the, you know, things that we break. And then every month that we're late, we have to kick money back. Right. So I fund the deal right myself up in there, even if I can come out with 100 grand every two deals a year. But now that two years a year, if it takes up all my time, I'm putting money back into my house. I'm putting it into my kids. I'm putting it into my craft. So two hundred grand don't get you far in Oakland. No, doesn't well, not get with you far. thirteen kids. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that just has to be one income because yeah, I have yeah. a whole another. You know, um, mm -hmm. Vanguard accounts, mm -hmm. uh, compounding my interest. Right. You know, I have uh, stocks, have bonds, yeah, investments yeah. as well. Um, you know, I buy and trade, you know, you know, you know, StockX, different things. So. I just got to ask you, how do you find the time to do all these things, man? Like, like what? eating healthy, sleeping yeah. healthy, working out, yeah. ambition, discipline, grinding, you know, yeah. uh, I won't stop until I die. Mm -hmm. uh, I promise you that because you work every day, every single day, okay. every day. I work 20 hours a day, every day. Wow. And sometimes I get a little bored. If it gets bored, I just kick back. I don't, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I do you have downtime built into your schedule. When you see me riding my remote control car, I'm on it. the That's, phone. Yeah. I'm flying a drone. I'm working. I'm yeah. testing out. Mm -hmm. Right now, after this podcast, I'm going to wait for traffic to die down, go run to the hobby shop, buy some parts. Boom. I'm working on a canopy in the backyard yeah. to do some silk screening. I'm also, you know, boom, got to make sure I wash the dogs. I got, you know, Frenchies, bullies, mm -hmm. pocket pits. I got to go at eight o'clock to a, um, a warehouse and make sure they got their security camera set up on a cannabis complex right there. Mm -hmm. Boom, at 10 o'clock, I got to come back up in here, make sure all the kids' homework, everything is done for the weekend. Right. Boom, and then, you know. That's so inspiring, though. I mean, it's cool. When, when I think about my, you know, my weekly schedule and yours and the difference, it's it's inspiring to, to see someone grinding so hard. And now it's like I'm looking, I'm like, man, my guy, he got the podcast. He's brilliant, man. He's, <laughs> I mean, you inspired me today. Thank you. I'm 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 going to tell I'm you stoked. like you really inspired me today because it's what I needed so you just allowed me to redirect some things hmm. this weekend and just like make some different decisions so I really appreciate that. Hell yeah man. Well, yeah. I'm excited. You know, I one of my goals in doing this podcast is like to get as many people 
to start their own. Mm-hmm. You know, like earlier this week, our neighbor Forrest, the the, the artist mm-hmm. who, who makes those dope murals. Murals, yeah. So we've been talking. I'm getting him started on his podcast. Okay, okay. So he's going to be coming out with his. Uh, he does this thing called Illuminated Conversations, where Boom. he like sits down with somebody, gives them twelve questions ahead of time. They answer the twelve, then they sit down and they have a conversation about those questions. But he also draws their portrait, okay. so they get like this beautiful portrait of themselves. And uh, so, like we've been flushing out all these ideas. You know, he likes what I do, so I'm trying to show him where like my mind is at, because this is my art form. I do this is totally like. I'd say 90% of just intuition. Okay, like who sure. I am, you know? So do you, uh, uh, what what platform do you put your actual podcast videos on? I've been using this website called Podbean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did some research and they were the one that offered the best like data package. You mm-hmm. know, I was like, when I first started, you know, I was thinking like, I need to upgrade everything in like high quality audio, you know? Large file size. I need a bunch of data. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Right, and they had a pretty, you know, it's like fifteen a month. Like mm-hmm. it's not a terrible overhead. Okay. okay. Um, and they push, you know, from there I can push it to, and you know, Apple Podcasts. Uh, right now I think I'm just on Apple and Google, but mm-hmm. I can put it on Spotify. I can put it on Amazon. I can put it on all these platforms, and it's on. That's on my to do list. But um, what I realized was like, man listen to you know one of my favorite podcasts joe rogan experience the mm-hmm. most popular show in the in the world in right the world now. Mm-hmm. that shit's all low low quality mp3s their their file sizes are maybe 60 megabytes mm-hmm. here i was upgrade uploading two gigabyte files thinking that i had to have high quality audio for my podcast you can't hear the difference this is all the lowest quality that garage band will will put out exactly. so like for me that's been a big part of the learning process is like I think so often when we're learning a new uh, system, a new art, we get caught up in it needing to be like, you know, because we care about our art. We want to make it high quality, right? But my art is already high quality. And so I would get hung up on the little things that like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh, I need to get the fanciest this or the fancy mic or, you know, it's like, I think for a lot of people, it's like, just figure out out what's the minimum you can do so that Uh you can be free to be creative, Mm -hmm, you know? mm -hmm. And so for me, that meant... You know, figuring out a couple little things like that. And I'm still doing this podcast on GarageBand. You know, Ah, like a lot of people are like, oh man, I got to do Adobe Edition or I got to do, you know, I got to have some pro level audio. And I'm like, man, this is just conversations. I put in some music. I put in, you know, my little pre-recorded stuff. And it's easy. It's quick. I get, I I try to get out of my own way so that I can be creative. Yeah, yeah. Because that's kind of Man, you know, make sure... You send me all the links. Yeah. Make sure you let my peoples know where you can find For it sure. at. Hell you know, yeah. drop it on there, man. Like I'm going to put it up on social and, and we'll we'll have to connect so that I can tag you so you okay. can share For it. For sure. For sure. For um, sure. For sure. And in addition, you know, uh, just, you know, anytime that you want to do collaborations, like I'm... Yeah. That's yeah. where I'm at in my life. I have a lot of hours mm-hmm. and I have a lot of projects right now, but I'm always looking... I'm trying to mm-hmm. ramp up to the way. Maybe not where you're at, but Man, maybe I can get, get like ten percent of that going for nah, myself. Nah, nah, we gonna get there, right? Uh, like I but, say, man. But I love it. I, you know, one of my, one of the big things that's come up for me in the last couple of years and living in in this house in this neighborhood is just really wanting to have a deeper sense of community. And I like, like that. And meeting my neighbors, different walks of life, different backgrounds. I mean, I grew up in the North Bay, you know kind of from hippie vibes 
And I loved coming out to Oakland because I never like, we had like five black kids at my elementary school. And, and, you know, I had a couple friends, but like the culture and the community, uh, you know, getting into hip hop, getting into soul music. Mm -hmm, I had so mm -hmm, much curiosity mm -hmm. about this other world. Uh -huh, yeah. And then coming out to Oakland and I had all these ideas about what it was going to be like. Where you are you know, from originally? I grew up in West Marin County. Okay, well, Lagunitas. That's, that's the same. Yeah. Oakland come out Right, there, but you yeah. come out hey, here. Hey, you know, I'm like, hey. a, I'm like a white kid from the Burbs, yeah. and I come out here and I think it's going to be all mm -hmm. tough, right? And yeah, there's that side of it. Oakland's always got a rind. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But... But so far, all I've met is love, love. and everybody's like yeah. so yeah. open and and, they, they and, and cool and you know. What I say is built, grind, you know, stay humble, stay confident, mm -hmm. stay cocky. Right. At the same time, you got to be cocky about your craft, humble when it comes to you know blowing up and just not shitting on nobody and yeah. just really remembering where you came and from, and then just building, which is building communities, building relationships, and like I say, you know, it, it's gonna come here. Like right now, my goal is not to be in the uh like just say underground mm -hmm. but i'm gonna pave the way for the industry pave the way for the up and coming pave yeah. the way for you know the next empire the next 300 like you know i'm all in yeah so, well I, w I wanted to make sure that we talked about i think in one of our last conversations you were mentioning this and you mentioned it today but like the uh this program that you're creating, this mm -hmm. pipeline for youth that mm -hmm, haven't mm -hmm, begun mm -hmm, to think mm -hmm, entrepreneurially yet, yeah. but have that spark that, that, that you had <clears throat> and you're teaching kids, uh, you're getting kids interested in real estate, teaching them how to, what's this pro the program so called? I do have, I have a program that I'm doing. One is uh, violent prevention intervention, which is I'm catching kids before they go into the juvenile system. Mm -hmm. And what I'm going to do is I got a uh, grant on the table, which will teach them the video podcasting, the silk screening, how to mm -hmm. become a barber or culinary, culinary arts, yeah. things like that. And, um, you know, and construction. Um, then we have another program that I'm doing where, you know, I'm going to the hoods, you know, I'm, I'm seeing who got there. I'm, I'm pulling up on you, you know, you know, I got my team, I got extraction team. I got my, I got security if I need yeah. it, whatever it yeah. is, but I'm going to really find out what we could do. You know, I'm like this guns down, put your hammers up, man. I mean, really nail guns, hammers, you know, let's get mm -hmm. to building some houses. Let's let me hear your talent, you know, right. and it's just about how you, you know, articulate and just deal with certain conversations. But you know, I'm going all the way in with it, you know, so I, I'm, I'm definitely looking for this 2021 to just turn some doors and some opportunities over. And like, you know, for the next few days, and the next few weeks, I'm just really out there just landing some deals, locking deals in place so we can be able to help these kids, help these youth. So, you know, be looking out for me, you know, Mr. 811, mm -hmm. uh, 811 ways to get paid, you know, um, like yeah, is, that, say, is that the best way for people to find you? Yes, Mr. 811 on every platform. Okay. Mr. 811. You okay. know, you're going to hear it. You'll see it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm waiting on a few billboards to come up. So I'm just like really just underground right now because, you know, dealing with a lot of business aspects and making sure everything is right. But yeah. when you see Mr. 811, you're going to see it. Okay. It's going to be it's going to be like the world is ours. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah so basically, you know, um, and like I tell people, this information is out there. I'm not trying to sell sell you nothing, but I have it in alphabetical order, prioritized. So if you do want to get my digital program, if you do want to get some of the things that I carry and offer, it's just a resource that's there for you when you need it. 
-hmm. a lot of times people sell you this oh you can get a ferrari in one day you can get this in three weeks buy this product they're selling garbage they're selling trash quick yeah you know but we're not doing that we're selling accurate information leads contents banks lenders i'm selling my vendors list access access you know, boom. And if you reference that, hey, look, I got this from Mr. 811. They're going to know. Seriously, they're going to say, oh, well, give us provide us a code and they're going to really talk to you. You know, one on one contact, one on one, you know, mm-hmm. emails, you know, email me, you know, you know, Patreon, email, cash app, whatever. I'm selling, not giving it. Mm-hmm. I'm selling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm selling the game, you know, and, you know, I, I tell people. You don't have to buy it. <laughs> but you do have to do the research. Yeah. You got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. You put the work in, you're going to be straight. Now, I can't say how straight. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's up to you, right? I've been doing this 25 years. Yeah. And I'm still growing. Now, if I wanted to be, you know, out here just flossing and stuff like that, I'm quite sure I can do it. But I have bigger goals. Technology and development is mm-hmm. where I'm at. So well, that's, that's what I do. You've already... You've done some flossing done in your day. I did like. some flossing. I did some partying. I did some flossing. Yeah. I bought stuff. Like I say, you know, the results of my decisions, mm-hmm. it cost me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. relationships, kids, you know, I failed, you know, doing some things, you know, um, and now I'm just trying to use that failure yeah. as fuel. Isn't it interesting how when you, you buy into that glitz and the glamour and you see how 2D it is. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, in, in different times in my life, whether it's with, you know, drugs or with whatever mm-hmm. experience, you come back around and realize just how much, like, uh, beauty and amusement is in just building your own growth. Exactly. And how that's kind of like the ultimate, uh-huh. in the end, that that is the ultimate yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. loss, right? But it's, 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 it takes a lot of people time to yeah. understand that. So, right. You know. Man, it's 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 it's, it's going to happen for us. So. Hell yeah! So man, like I said, man, I enjoyed, man. Yeah. I really appreciated you for having me. Hey, on man, here today. I love that you came on. You know, Thank you so much. Um, you know, this... we're gonna keep pushing, keep grinding, keep hustling, yeah. keep hustling, keep hustling for sure. <laughs> and we're gonna get it together, man. Yeah, and and you know, just as always, you know, if, if there's any questions or if you ever want, you know, like I said, collaboration, setting up podcasts, doing whatever, like. I'm here. All right. I'm doing this stuff. I appreciate you, man. This is my art. So this your uh, art. I see you got the nice setup. You're talking about basic, but you this, know, this looks good, man. You got to, you got to, my, my dad, you know, didn't teach me a bunch, but one of the things he did teach me, you know, my dad was a, you know, a blue, local blues musician mm-hmm. and he was always about, you know, like the one thing you spend money on is your band and your gear. Your gear. And okay. if it's going to, you know, you got to have, I'm always looking for like, I, I'm, I can't quite afford the like A-list pro stuff, mm-hmm. but what's the A-list prosumer stuff? Like okay. what's the stuff that's like, everybody's like, this is the best value. Like this is going to get you good enough sound or this is going to get you good enough performance. Mm-hmm. But it, this is the one that you don't have to break the bank on. Yeah, yeah. By the time you're at the point where you can get the really nice stuff, as you know, you're either renting it you or you own it, it or you're renting it, it out. Or you already rented so, it out. Exactly. So that's what I'm trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. I'm still... In the beginning of this creative journey, I'm not making a ton of dough yet, but I love what I'm doing and I yeah, love my life. Yeah, yeah. And so that's I can see, man, you know, and that's what it's about. You love it, you do it, you create it, and we're gonna keep pushing with it, man. Hell yeah, I appreciate man. you, man. Thanks for coming. Much on. respect, man. Yeah, for it's sure. your boy Quas, Mr. Eight Eleven, man. I'm up I'm up in my guy, man. So yeah, be good. Check him out. <laughs> All right, we did it. Thank you so much, Q, for coming on. I had a blast talking to you. 
and uh, I'm looking forward to making more content with you in the future. You know, a huge, one of my big, uh, goals for this year as I continue to try to grow this podcast and, uh, and really make it my primary art, um, is just the collaborative, collaborative aspects and the more contexts I can work on honing my craft in, um, and, you know, connecting with someone who, who is a doer and who is, you know, fully in the flow of having ideas and executing on them. It's really inspiring to me and it's really exciting. Um, so here's to, to making more content with you, bro. This, that was fun. Um, yeah, go check out, uh, Q Mr. Eight Eleven on Instagram. And like you said, all the different social media platforms be on the lookout for the content he will be, uh, creating and, um, I, I think that that's it. I, I hope y'all enjoyed it and much love to you. And, uh, until the next time, be well, my friends.